proud bisexual astrology influencer. Bye, bye, bye? Question mark? <laughs> It is hot by summer. Hello, and welcome to Hot by Summer, the podcast that's your one stop shop for everything by with your host, Charmy. That's me. Everything from by news, by TV shows and films, by awakenings, and so much more. So let's get into it. So, this week on Hot Bi Summer, we have the incredible bisexual behavior, aka Talia, come on and talk about being bi on the other side of the country and what that's like and being in a small town and what that's like as an adult being in a small town and dating and This conversation is really fun. It's always so great to talk to other bisexuals that live in different areas because sometimes I think being bi in LA is a very specific flavor. So to hear somebody in like New York City or New York State or, you know, Canada or wherever feels really comforting because it's like this through line of this sort of essence of who we are, but at the same time, it's a little bit different flavoring. So later on in the show, we'll hear from Talia and it'll be great. And I'm really excited for for that segment of the show. But let's start off with hot by news, shall we? Shall we? Uh between the last episode and this episode, Beyonce dropped tickets to the Renaissance tour. So February 1st happened. Boom. It's Black History Month. Boom. Beyonce said, get your coins. I'm coming. And me and a group of friends were patiently, anxiously, freakishly waiting to get these tickets. Uh, I saw friends in the UK that were getting tickets and they looked stressed out. There was a certain point that I was just like, you know what, I'll just enjoy the show on Netflix, you know? I'll enjoy in like two years from now when Beyonce releases the visuals slash the tour, I'll, I'll get it then, I'll get it then, right? But my friends were consistent. It was two Sages and an Aquarius. So there was no water sign sulk in our sadness behavior. Like it was just not going to happen. Um, not with two Sages and an Aquarius. Heck no. So I am very pleased and excited to announce that I will be attending the Renaissance tour during Virgo season a few days before Beyonce's birthday in Los Angeles, California. And um, I'm just so excited, so excited. Honestly, when it came to the Renaissance store tickets, I was like, why can't white people pay for our tickets as a form of reparations? Question mark. Like, why isn't that a thing? So anyways, if you're a white person and you're listening, you're like, no, I'd like to pay for your tickets. It's not too late, sweetie. You can Venmo me reparations. I'm I'm still actively happy to receive reparations. Um, so yeah, there's that in hot buy news. Charmy got tickets to see Beyonce. This is my first time seeing Beyonce. I've never seen Beyonce before. Um, I'm popping my Beyonce cherry. It feels like a dream at this particular point in time. It doesn't feel like it's actually happening, but you know, the closer we get to Virgo season the closer 
we get to me calling my mom and wishing her happy birthday is the closer that I will be seeing the show. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm really excited for these Beyonce tickets, but um, I'm proud. I'm excited. Happy Black History Month to me. I got these as a Black History Month present for all the incredible work that I've been doing, and I'm really proud of myself. So we shall see, y'all. We shall see. We shall see. Um, So that's all for Hot Buy News. I'm sure there's lots of things happening. Honestly, as I look on Twitter right now, there's a lot going on in the world. The biggest thing that I can think of, honestly, and this happens, it's like cyclical. It's almost weird. Chloe Bailey, who is one of my favorites, and she is a cancer um, from the group Chloe X Halley, Chloe Halley, Chloe and Halley, um, who is actually Beyonce's protege. The only people I think fit to be Beyonce's protege. But Chloe and Hallie have their own separate careers. Hallie is going to skyrocket to the moon when Little Mermaid comes out. Chloe, on the other hand, has this incredible career ahead of her, this incredible musical career, because she can actually sing. A lot of these girls can't actually sing. So it's good to know that Chloe can not only sing, she can dance, she can act, she can do it all. She really can do it all. And she's a cancer. But quick question. Just a quick question. Why is she dropping music with Chris Brown? Um, huh? Like, I just find it strange. You know, like, what's going on there? Um, what that shows me is that it, even within the systems of power, of having money, even within the music industry, there is still a lot of intersectional issues that have not been addressed when it comes to black women. And I've constantly been talking about this on this show. And I think it's really important that we recognize it. Chloe went on a interview on the Terrell show and she was talking about how as a producer for a lot of her music, she can't get certain Grammy rights or she can't get certain things because she's a producer. And she brought this point up and she said, notice that all the people that are women and producers are still unable to get these things. So the intersections of Chloe being both black and being both a woman really intensifies the fact that her career in the music industry is dirty and um, I'm sure it wasn't an easy decision. I hope it wasn't an easy decision having Chris Brown on her in her music. I would never do that. Um, But I'm like looking at this image and I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. Why do they always do that? Like I remember Normani also did a song with Chris Brown, but you know what's really funny? I've been wanting to talk. I've been wanting to talk about this for a minute. You know what's really funny? When people bring up artists who work with abusers like Chris Brown, because Chris Brown is an abuser and an actively, like, it's one thing to rehabilitate an abuser and be like, okay, come back, whatever. You know, you have changed. We forgive you. Cancellation culture, you know, doesn't work, whatever. We're going to rehabilitate you. But this man constantly does stuff, like constantly stalks people, constantly does stuff, right? And constantly is 
colorist, like clearly colorist, like obviously colorist in so many instances and circumstances. But you know what I find really funny? People gave Normani a lot of flack for working with Chris Brown, which they should have because it's Chris Brown. Why are you working with him? Or maybe it's above them and they don't have a choice and they have to because their job is saying you have to, you have no choice. You have to work with this artist, right? Maybe it's that, right? But people seem to forget that Zendaya also worked with Chris Brown. Nobody ever talks about that. Nobody ever talks about that. So I'm always just kind of like, it's interesting who people like to bring up when it comes to people working with Chris Brown. Anyways, that's another thing that's going on in hot by news at the current moment. I got Beyonce tickets. Chloe Bailey is, I don't know what she's doing. Um, but uh, yeah, that's hot by news. Let's go into hot by Astro T. What's going on with the Astro girlies? What's 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 going on? So as we know, Valentine's Day was February 14th. If you're listening to this, it is a few days after Valentine's Day. And Valentine's Day is a whole other thing. We could talk about the pressure and capitalism and all that stuff that we jam pack into February 14th, the arbitrary day. But what's really cool is astrologically, it was Valentine's Day in the sky. And I just think that's so cool. Okay. So February 14th happened. Venus and Neptune were conjunct. And conjunct just means that they were hugging. They were joined in the sky in the sign of Pisces. What does this mean? Okay, let me read it to you and then let me break it down. This annual conjunction of Venus, the planet of love and attraction, and Neptune, the planet of subconscious and unconditional love, amplifies romance and imagination and just so happens to peak the day after Valentine's Day, which may have us all feeling a little bit drunk on love. Cue Beyonce, drunk in love right now. Uh, <laughs> I can't sing, so let's not let's, let's not do this. Um, yeah, it was Valentine's Day astrologically because the planet of drunken love, Neptune and Venus, big love, joined in the sky in the sign of Pisces, which is even more drunken love. And I just think that's so cool and that's so exciting. Oh my gosh. Like it makes me, I don't know. It gets me nerded out on astrologically what's going on. Some other things that astrologically are happening is the sun is in Aquarius. We know that because it's Aquarius season. The moon is in Capricorn currently. I've, I'm finding with earth signs, I'm learning astrology. I'm just learning it. So I'm not an expert in astrology, but I find that we were just in the sign of Sagittarius. The moon was just in the sign of Sagittarius. And when that happens, when I've noticed when the moon is in earth signs, it goes slower. And when it's in fire signs, it goes faster. So anyways, that's just a fun little fact. But the moon is in Capricorn. Mercury is in Aquarius. Talk like an Aquarian, baby. Venus is in Pisces. So freaking cute. Mars is in Gemini. So let's have so many tabs open in our brain and how we fight let's think about all the things <laughs> and let's get all the information. Jupiter is in Aries, Saturn is in Aquarius, Uranus is in Taurus, Neptune is in Pisces. We talked about that. Pluto's in Capricorn, Chiron is in Aries. So it's a very fun, fiery time. Lots of tabs open at the moment, but that's very exciting. And lastly, we're going to move on to buy recommendations. 
So every weekend, I don't know why I've been doing this, but every weekend I have been doing a little thing with myself that I'm very excited to talk about, which is I just watch rom-coms that I haven't fully watched. Like when I was a kid, they'd play on TNT early in the morning on a Saturday, right? They'd like play on those channels and I'd get little snippets of these movies. Sometimes I'd sit fully, sometimes I'd sit for 30 minutes, whatever. But now as an adult, I will hook up my TV, get cozy in bed, turn down the blinds, you know, get a little mood going, light a candle, and I'll watch, I'll watch a rom-com. And this past weekend, I watched Notting Hill, which I'm like, Hugh Grant kind of, I think he's attractive to women who haven't dated European men. <laughs> Like if you if you've dated a European man, if you dated um, somebody from the UK, you're not. Maybe you are really super attracted by the charm. Personally, I don't think self degradation is sexy and being like, "Well, I'm just a slut and I hate myself." I don't think that's cute. <laughs> Personally, I like really super confident, like delusionally confident people. Which maybe that's a reflection of me. But um, I watched Notting Hill, Julia. Roberts. I was going to say Fox. Good God. Julia Roberts. <laughs> There's too many Julias to count. Julia Roberts is absolutely stunning. She's beautiful. She's exquisite. I mean, she's amazing. Something that people don't talk enough about is Homecoming, the TV show with Julia Roberts. She was on a TV show a few years back, pre-pandemic, I want to say in 2019. And she was exquisite the tv show was very much shot in the form of a movie but it like talks about big pharma it talks about corporations it talks about ptsd and uh, masculinity and warped masculinity it's really fantastic everything about that show is incredible so if you want to watch a really good tv show homecoming is great another good tv show so i watched Notting hill i also watched little black book with Brittany murphy Brittany motherfucking Murphy. Brittany Murphy is a Scorpio like me. And something about her, I just feel I've always felt like a strong connection to Brittany Murphy. Um, as a kid, I would see her and be like, I want to be her. It was a crush, but it felt spiritual as well. I don't know how to explain it other than that. I guess I could pull up Brittany Murphy's birth chart and see what exactly it is. But she has always been such an incredible actress and I've always just found her to be absolutely attractive spiritually and I don't know how to say that in any other way like her career has been incredible she's just incredible so the reason why Brittany Murphy and I connect so deeply is because we have very similar placements and something about her pain I could feel if that makes any sense. Maybe it doesn't, but that's, it makes sense to me. So Brittany Murphy is a Scorpio sun, Leo rising, Taurus MC, and her moon is in Scorpio. So she has a Scorpio moon. She's very paranoid about things. Interesting. Her Venus was in Libra, very close to Scorpio. Wait, hold on. Let's figure it out. No, she has a Scorpio Venus. Wow. Intense. She loved hard. She loved really hard. Her Mars was in Leo. 
I could see that she's a little freak. She was uh, very open sexually. Let's see what else. Her moon was in Scorpio. We knew that. Um, interesting. Anyways, I always loved Brittany Murphy, but I watched this movie called Little Black Book, and I always watched it as a kid, and I'd be like, oh, like, you know, it's good, whatever. It is fantastic. The writing is so beautiful. The way the story unfolds is incredible. I won't give anything away, but, like, there is a twist at the end that I did not see coming at all whatsoever. And um, Brittany Murphy and the co-star, who I am ashamed that I don't know the name of, this movie, I cannot express enough how great it was. Holly Hunter, that's what her name is. So it stars Brittany Murphy, Ron Livingston, Holly Hunter, Kathy Bates is in it. I mean, it's very stacked. Rashida Jones is also in it. Um, Yvette Nicole Brown is also in it. It's really great. It's really, really great. The writing is incredible. But the Stacy is the lead. Stacy is the, like protagonist and barb is like her friend at work who's like helping her through all this stuff and barb and stacy have a little homo uh, homoerotic friendship going on that i don't know if anybody saw but they would have these moments where they were like really close to each other like just about to kiss what felt like just about to kiss and then they'd be like they'd move away and i was like Ah, uh, what's going on here? Anyways, it's an incredible film. Go watch Little Black Book. It is superb. 10 out of 10. Another great recommendation that I have is Harlem. Season 2 is back, baby. Thank God. I've been watching it so slow because uh, I want to savor every single motherfucking moment of that TV show. It's so good. So that's really good. Another show that I have been watching that I finished was Emily in Paris. I didn't know that that show was like campy, like super campy good. Like it's camp. It's you go into it like, okay, okay. Is this really good? No, it's not good. It's campy. It's a melodrama. It's fully a melodrama that just so happens to take place in Paris. And it's really cute. And you do fall in love with the characters. And there is some queerness in there with two femmes. And nobody's talking about that either. So those are my buy recommendations for the week. Lots of fun stuff going on. And I am so excited to talk about bisexual behavior, all things bi, with Talia. So let's get into it right now. Hello and welcome. Okay, so first of all, how do you pronounce your name? It's Talia. Talia. Isn't there like a Claro song? Oh, no, 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 Girl in Red. Oh, oh, King Princess. King Princess. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, this name gives <laughs> queer vibes for no reason. I don't know what it is. Yes, you're so right, King Princess. That's right. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I am so excited that you are on Hot by Summer today. I, I mean, I just feel so honored to have you on. So before we get oh started gosh. and we dive straight in, I would love to know what your your name, your pronouns, and um, a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Sure. <laughs> I am so honored to be here. First of all, thank you so much, Charmy. I just, I'm such a big fan of the podcast of Bi Astrology, so it's just so cool to be here. Um, my name is Talia. My pronouns are she, her. 
I am a cis uh, bisexual white woman. Um, I am the host of the podcast Bisexual Behavior. Um, and yeah, that's a bit about me. I live in upstate New York. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, I love this. I love this. This is a great starting point. What is your sun, moon, and rising? I need to get straight into the astrology of it all. So we know oh, what yes. we're working with. Yeah. Yes. Um, I like wrote like a whole list down of my whole chart <laughs> to be prepared. Um, so my sun is Virgo, my moon is Sagittarius, and my rising is Cancer. That's so cool. I love that you have a Sag moon. We talked about this on your podcast, but I love that yes. you have a Sag moon because that is a Kiki Palmer placement. That's what Kiki yes. Palmer has. And, and I, just I, feel like I love Sag her. Moons. Yes. Yes. I, feel like, <laughs> I don't know a single person that doesn't love Kiki Palmer. I feel like she's amazing. Um, I have a funny Kiki Palmer story that I need to share that's like coming up in my mind. Oh my God, uh, for please work, do. I do a lot of work with like celebrities and stuff like that. I won't go into the detail, the, the real tea of what I do because I don't know. I don't know who's listening. Um, but I do work with um, celebrities sometimes. And I was at an event. I was at the Gov Awards, um, which is like the pre-Oscar season awards. And I was so excited because our team was like, okay, like Kiki Palmer is coming. And I was like, oh my God, Kiki Palmer is coming. This is so exciting. And they were like, okay, Sharma, you can be the one that gives her a ticket if you want to. I was like, if I want to, yes, I want oh to. Uh, so um, it all the the day was kind of wild and crazy and wacky. And my boss was like, "No, you're going to be with me, not with ticketing." And I was like, "Okay, cool." So then um, the night sort of ends, and um, Kiki Palmer like walks past me, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is Kiki Palmer! This is so exciting!" And I see her, and then I'm like but why is she wearing that dress? Like, I don't understand the dress that she's wearing. Like, I, ju I just don't get it. Like, wh what's going on there? And I was so confused. And then, like, the next week, she announced that she was pregnant. And I was like, that's why she was wearing this dress. I was like, so, I'm like, it wasn't youthful. And she's so young and fun, especially with the Sag Moon. So, anyways, oh, yes. that's my Kiki. That's my Kiki Palmer story. <laughs> oh, God, I don't know what I would do if I saw her in person. Um, I'm like, I, ever since I saw Nope and just, like, everything else she's done, I'm, like, oh, obsessed with her. And um, also, she – so I'm a big fan of The Sims, which I know is very give me but like she was <laughs> i think she went on like instagram live or something of her playing the sims and i was like i just love her so much <laughs> i love her she's just she's a she's just a cool relatable girl like and it's also she she's from the midwest as well she's from the midwest oh, yes. she's a sag moon she's got all the good things going for her so That's i right. love that I love that. I love that we're like fangirling over Kiki Palmer. You can do it any day, really. You can talk about her. Honestly, anytime. honestly and truly, I, I just I love Mason Kiki Palmer. And also recently I saw a video of her kissing another girl and I was like, oh yeah, I always oh, forget oh? that Kiki Palmer is bi. Um, oh, I didn't I know always that. Forget that fact. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh she's by. She's had interviews about it. She had this like when she had like a music career and she was like really into music. She had this music video where she had this it was like this whole big reveal. It was like kind of like a low-key coming out, but she had this whole this whole reveal and then like she was like with a girl and I was like, wow. And recently I saw a video that was circulated um of her like kissing a girl and I was like, Oh yeah, I always forget that she's by. But um yeah, we don't I'm know. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing. She's a bicon. That's why we love her so much. L love a bicon. Yes. Um, and so you're a Virgo sun. 
just like Kiki Palmer. That's right. And you have a Sag Moon, just like Kiki Palmer. And then you had a Cancer Rising? Yes. Okay. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. That's – we know what we're working with now. Do you know your Mercury <laughs> or any other things? Or no? um, let's see what I, I wrote down here. Um, I just like asking people their Mercury just because it is a podcast, and I feel like your Mercury, for anybody that's listening, is really the way that you talk and communicate to other people. Um, so knowing that is just really interesting for me. Yeah. I am a Scorpio Mercury, so yeah, I'm just curious. Oh, I'm a Virgo Mercury. Okay. I, I was – I thought so i assume oh, so yeah? based on the fact that you said yeah because you were like i'm a virgo and well i mean you, it's not just because you said that it's just the way you said it and like you're very organized in your thoughts and the way that you talk it, it kind of feels like a um a bullet point list of like the way i don't know i just oh felt God, i could you. feel <laughs> the virgo vibes and i was like this is incredible i love this i am um, such a list girly like i every day if i don't have a list i like don't know what's going on like my world really <laughs> And I so, don't know if it's because so I have ADHD, but I just literally, like, lose my mind and can't, like, get things done without, like, a structured list. That's so interesting. Do you know if you have – now I want to look at your birth chart and see if you have a Virgo stellium. Um, for those who don't know, a Virgo stellium means that you have multiple Virgo placements. Um and it, it you need more – you need three. So I know you have two, your sun and your mercury. So I'm wondering now if you have a stellium because I have a – I have a Scor- – I wish I had a Sagittarius stellium. I have a Scorpio stellium and I'm just very much a Scorpio, like super Scorpio, honestly. So Ooh. I'm curious now. Yeah. I think I've, I do have a third Virgo placement, but I can't remember okay. what it is right now. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. It all makes so much sense now. <laughs> I feel like I you know it. me so well now. <laughs> I do. I really do. Um, speaking of knowing you, I want to know what your bi journey has looked like. Um, what has your bi journey looked like? Yeah. Take that yeah. and interpret that however you want. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, I was a little bit of, I wouldn't say like a late bloomer per se, but I didn't really come out until I was in my mid to late 20s. So I mostly dated men. Um, I think there was a period in college where I was like talking about how I was, you know, into women. And a lot of my friends like knew that about me, but they like, so like when I actually came out, they're like, yeah, uh, we knew that. Like there was one of my coworkers that I came out to and he's like, yeah, we used to like talk about our favorite naked scenes and movies together. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I did talk about boobs a lot. Actually, that's, that's a really good hilarious. point. <laughs> so it didn't really surprise a lot of people, but I guess it surprised me. I wish I knew. But um, there was a lot growing up where I looking back, I was like, that was so queer. Like, I mean. I literally found all these drawings that I did when I was a kid, when I was like going through my bedroom at home. And I just had all these drawings of like women, like portraits of women, women in dresses. And I was like, what the heck? So <laughs> like, that's so weird. Um, but yeah, I, I um, came out while I was in a relationship with a man, which was a little bit challenging because I think it, some men kind of take it as like a threat. Like it opens up maybe past trauma they, that they have in past relationships with people who might have cheated or maybe they just like don't understand bisexuality but that was a really tough time for me I mean I was trying to understand you know what it meant to be queer and like really just desired being with women or you know non-binary folks like I just I I I kind of felt like 
I don't know, like I was missing out, like I was mourning a part of me that I never really understood. And we parted ways. And then I started dating um, women when the pandemic happened. So I had like <laughs> one kind of situationship and then the pandemic hit and I just started like virtually dating, which was kind of weird. Like I had Zoom dates for a little bit. And uh, and yeah, I think I kind of like went back and forth between what my actual sexuality was because I don't know if you ever went through this, but like when I officially came out and started to, to date queer folks, like I kind of didn't want to use bisexual. I was like, well, maybe I'm a lesbian now because I can't picture myself dating men again. But then I like had a crush on one of my male coworkers and I was like, oh, wait, no, I am bisexual and that's okay. So part of my journey was also like accepting bisexuality and like overcoming whatever biphobic internal stuff I had in my head and just being proudly bi. And now I'm here and like feeling like fully myself and fully bi. And it's been quite a ride, but I'm really happy with where I'm at. So that's amazing. I love I love so many things that you ta- touched on and so many things that you talked about. Um, but yeah, I feel like especially when it comes to queer dating, when you're first first coming into that world, it is so incredibly overwhelming mm-hmm. and there's no it feels like there's no like blueprint to really look to. Um, and so, yeah, you said you went on virtual dates. I want to know what that was like. Like what's the tea with virtual dates? What was that like? <laughs> it was so weird. So I remember I was dating one girl <laughs> where we're like, we're constantly texting like paragraphs and paragraphs. We went on like virtual dates and like, it was going really well. And then we met in person. And I was like, I like don't like this person. Oh. <laughs> and I thought that like, I would build a really strong connection with them and it would be like even crazier in person. But but like, I, I guess I didn't, I couldn't really like gauge their vibe as well. Yeah. Um, but then I had a different experience where I was virtually dating someone and we went on a couple like Zoom dates and we're talking for hours and then we, that became my first girlfriend. So it really, <gasps> yeah. So I guess, you know, I, I made it work, but I think that there is something to say about meeting in person first and really feeling out the vibes in person for sure. Absolutely. I think like there is something very special and very sacred about like meeting somebody and having like a face-to-face meeting. I know I've had dates where I was like, oh, this person's a Leo and they're so cool and I love this and this is exciting. And then I was like, oh, there's just zero chemistry. Like it's just, it's just, it's (laughs) not, it's just not going to work. It's not going to happen. Um, so yeah, I love that you say that. What has Mm -hmm. dating been like in your town and your, in your local community? Yeah. So I, I think I mentioned, I live in upstate New York. I live in like a small city, um, Albany, New York. It's the capital of New York state. Um, everyone is like, what's Albany? Um, (laughs) especially people who live in New York city, they're like, I didn't even know that was the capital of our state. Um, but it's a very small town. I mean, there is like a queer community, but I wouldn't say that there's a bisexual community, which is like part of the reason Mm. why I wanted to start a podcast because I felt like bisexuality was kind of like not visible. And I, you would go to like, there's gay bars in Albany, but they're all like a lot of like older gay men. There wasn't a lot of like sapphic women or, you know, there's, there weren't a lot of events that I felt like pertained to me specifically. And, you know, I'm really grateful that we do have a lot of great resources in my area. Um, We have like Inner Own Voices is this organization that's really cool. And they support a lot of like queer and trans folks and people of color, like that they're really big on like counseling and, um, you know, 
financially helping individuals who are, um, you know, who really need it, which is nice. But I find like day to day, like it's so hard to meet other people in upstate New York for sure. It's a big struggle. And I relied a lot on dating apps to meet other people. And it ended up being like my source of like making queer friends. Like I still talk to people that I met on dating apps that it didn't work out with, which is kind of weird. Um, No, it's not weird at all. (laughs) That is the queer way. One of my really, really good friends, my really good friends, I met on a dating app. Like, and I think she said she was like looking for friends or maybe more. And then she had a boyfriend, but she wasn't sure. And I was like, "Ah, let's, let's ride this wave. Let's see let's see what happens and we met and we had like friend chemistry maybe more but I also feel like when it comes to queerness like sometimes I think half the like queer friends that I've had it's like I I kind of will always not always but I've had a I will have a crush initially and I'll be like oh like we don't compatible compatibility wise it's not gonna work but like I still want to be your friend you know and so I have a friend crush on you and it just works and I don't know what that is or maybe it's a buy thing but I love that you've made community through dating apps that's incredible yeah actually what you're saying I I really relate to like I I have a hard time if I like figuring out if I want to be someone or if I want to be with someone oh, um, and so like with dating apps I'm like everyone's so hot I want to date yep. everyone I have a big crush and then I get to know them I'm like actually like I really want to like hang out with you but not intimately so yes it takes time to figure that out with queer dating for sure it does and it takes a couple of dates and a couple of like hangouts as well um Mm -hmm. I think that this is so brilliant that you talked about this and that you touched on this because I genuinely feel like I have like these platonic friends that are just so incredibly romantic and I don't know how to like categorize them I don't know what to say like it's just very romantic but it's not sexual but there's some right. there's something very romantic about like listening to Frank Ocean with the windows down in your friend's car talking about bisexuality and like on your way to the beach to do yoga like I've done that this yes. summer and I was like that is so romantic but I'm not oh, interested so in like having sex with you and and you have a girlfriend and you have this whole other like romantic thing and I know we don't have compatibility but there's something so romantic about that and I I don't know if it's inherently a bisexual thing but I want to claim it as ours (laughs) yeah I think something you were talking about in like one of your videos with or um homoerotic friendships really resonated with me with like friends where it's like it's kind of gay but like not like it's not like you're fully there yet and it's like do I want to make out with this person why are we like always cuddling um I don't necessarily have that with my friends now because a lot of them are like married and whatever I have a lot of um, (laughs) straight and bi friends it's like I had to like build a queer community over the past couple years which has been kind of challenging especially during the pandemic but um yeah it's just like interesting to see the differences in those types of friendships and like what I had growing up when I didn't realize I was queer Yeah. Oh, that's so real. That's so, so real. And I think what's really cool about queerness is that we have created our own template. Like we don't, we don't, well, I don't, I don't subscribe to like heteronormative rules when it comes to dating, but also like friendship as well and community even more so. And so Mm -hmm. I'm curious, especially because you said you grew or not, well, did you grow up in this town? Yeah, that you're I living in this area. Oh, yeah. wow. So you, I know. <laughs> wow. I didn't – that's a huge piece. That's a huge piece of the puzzle. So so this small town that you grew up in and that now you're living in as an adult, like 
how has it been like creating queer community? I know you mentioned this organization, which we will link in the show notes, but how mm-hmm. has it been like building your own queer community? Oh, it's been so challenging. So um, I'll preface that I grew up more in like an even smaller town, like outside of the city I'm in now. So it's like, I want to say like 30 to 40 minutes away, but it's not, it was like rural country compared to where I am now, which is a city. So um, when I like grew up, and I think this is a lot of the reason why I came out a little bit later in life is because it was such like a redneck straight town that like anybody who showed a little bit of queerness, they were instantly bullied. And any kind of like queerness was like really frowned upon. So it took me a while to even like come to that idea to myself. And by the time I got a little bit older, I like had a lot, I was surrounded by a lot of straight people. And then I come to find out a lot of my straight friends were like, actually, I'm bisexual. And that was like kind of a big part of me being like, wait, that's kind of the word that I've always wanted to put to myself. And I just like didn't really know how to use it and hearing other people who are similar to me or in my friend group, I was like, oh my God, I can be bisexual, which is really cool. But um, outside of that, I feel like I've had to really like put myself out there, go to more events, like make different friends, like even doing my podcast, I'm like reaching out to people I've never met before that I just know of from Instagram that I know are queer or that I saw on a dating app. And then I saw them on Instagram and be like, Hey, I know you're queer. Do you want to be on my podcast? Oh my God. That's amazing. (laughs) But like, I really have to put myself out there and like, it's not just like going to a pride event. Like I actually have to go and like make contacts, make connections and have like meaningful conversations with people. Whereas like, I think if you're in a bigger city, there's, it seems like there's many more specific events and specific types of groups that you can actually like reach out to. So I think it's a a lot more work when you're in a smaller city for sure. Absolutely. I think the obstacles in living in a small city, a small city is that yes, there are not as many events, but you know, what's so wild is like, yes, there are so many bi things that I can do in the city and I do them with my bi, specifically with my bi friends. But even still, sometimes I feel like I don't like, there'll be like lesbian nights. There's this place called the Abbey, which is like a really famous place in Los Angeles. It's a, it's a gay bar. And it's, it's called the Abbey and I don't like going, it's in West Hollywood and I don't really like venturing off to West Hollywood because West Hollywood is very much like, I I learned this new word called homo normativity. (laughs) Um, And so that is, yeah, new word, Aquarius season, homo normativity. And it's essentially this, this idea that even within queer spaces, there is a template. So cis male, um, white, you know, and that's what West Hollywood is. And so sometimes there's these like lesbian nights in, um, West Hollywood, which there, it's only one night. It's not like a queer bar. Like there's no like gay, like sapphic bars or anything like that in LA. Um, I think there are a couple of like pop-up spots that want to do that, but there's no specific one. Um, Mm -hmm. but I go to these events and I always kind of feel like I don't quite fit in with the group. And I'm just like, why is that? Is it because I'm bisexual? Is it because I'm black? Like, why am I just not fitting in? Which is why, like you said, I have really made an effort to reach out Mm -hmm. to people and really just be like, okay, I'm going to make a real concerted effort to have friends that are by and like we can just do our own thing you know so yeah right. yeah it's and so even real. here I feel like 
the types of events and like different groups like so there's a lot of like thrifting and community maker um types of groups that are in upstate new york which is cool too but i think the problem is is that it's like not very diverse so it's like it's a lot of like white creators that are really i don't know throwing events and so it's not like a very inclusive environment so i think that's something too that can be a challenge for people in a small city is like really making sure that you're including everyone and like find like finding different you know events that are put on by like black organizers or something that isn't just such a whitewashed like type of community so that's another thing i think that smaller cities really face is that there's less opportunities for diverse events too that's so real and i feel i i saw this tiktok where this person was basically like if i essentially if i like hang out especially if you're a person of color if i hang out with um the straight people they're not gonna understand my queerness but if i hang out with the queer people they're not under they're not gonna understand my my ethnicity my my blackness my you know so it just it's it's i feel like one of the one of the wild challenges in building community for 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 bisexual specifically is like you're constantly feeling like you're in that gray area and that gray space but it sounds like you've created this community for yourself by like really being active and really like being like come to my podcast like <laughs> be on my show let's do these things together so i love that Yeah. And I'm still really early in my journey. I, you know, I've been doing this for not even a full year yet. So I'm like really trying as as hard as I can, but it's, it's just really a lot of like looking into your community, seeing who's making content out there. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of work, but I think it's really worth it. And especially because there's not a lot of visible bisexual community in my area. I think it's really important that I'm finding all these queer people who, you know, may identify as bi, queer, pan, and just trying to like elevate their voices is like really big for me. And that's like part of why I wanted to start the podcast is because like, I feel like I only have my own experience, but I want to learn about what else is out there and what being bi means to other people. Yeah. I think that's so beautiful because that's the cool thing. And we talked about this on your podcast too, is like, that's the cool thing about being bi is like, there's just so many beautiful flavors. Like we we just, we're so diverse and we're so creative, but beyond that, because we come from so many different experiences, we have so much to offer. And I just think that's, I just think it's such an honor that we get to experience this lifetime as bisexuals. Yes, it comes with a lot of obstacles and um, there's a lot of you know, disparities, a lot of dis- disparities, especially if you have a marginalized um, identity. But mm-hmm. we're just so incredibly resourceful and creative. And I just... I just, I love us. I love us so That's right. much. And we have our own culture, which is so cool. I feel like for so long, exactly. since like bisexuals were erased, like we'll take anything we can and make it into our culture. And I feel like every bisexual like knows, like oat milk lattes, it's bisexual, um, yep. you know, cuffing your jeans. Like it's, I, we have our own code, which is so, so cool and powerful. We have our own code. We have our own language. And you know what's so wild? That was literally going to be my next question was I wanted to talk about the richness of bi culture because I think a lot of people don't realize that like, yes, we have this like cuff jeans and jeans and oat milk. And yes, we do have that. But it's it goes back far. Like it truly we have a history. Bisexuals have been here and we will continue to be here. And so that's so funny that you said that. Yes, because we absolutely have our own language. So my question was going to be, um, what are things that you associate with bi culture? 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. So the big thing I always joke about and like everyone makes fun of me for is that like bisexual people can't sit in chairs. And I yeah. think there was like an article that was put out, like somebody created a chair for bisexuals and it's like, so they could like put their leg up weird. And I just, I've got a weird leg thing. I've got to like spread out. I sit weird. And I don't know if it's like because I'm bisexual or because I saw that that's a bisexual thing that I've really <laughs> taken ownership of it. Yeah. But that's something um, I've seen a lot on TikTok, like having the bisexual bob, which like you can Ooh. have any haircut and be bisexual, but for some reason that haircut is like an iconic Specific. Thing, Yes, cuffing jeans. Um, on Reddit, I've seen a lot of like lemon bars being something that's like a bi culture thing. Lemon bars. I have no idea how, but I'll take it. Sure, anything that's like bisexuals love, I'm like here. They're for it. fruity oh. and tangy and unexpected. Yeah, I yes. mean, yeah, let's let's take it. Let's let's own lemon bars. Absolutely. Yeah, but I think like the biggest bi culture thing outside of like those, you know, those like funny fun things is that we all have like kind of even though we all have different experiences, we've all been like confused about our identity and not that we're yes. confused per se, but queerness is like a bigger journey in itself and understanding the multiple facets of it. And that we all share that experience of going through like, Hey, we can like multiple genders. We can have different, you know, gender identities. And that queerness is a journey in itself and part of the culture. Absolutely. I love that. I think that's such a beautiful, uh, such a beautiful way to put it. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. So we are going to sort of close um, with a really fun question that I, I, okay. I love this question. Um, but it's what is bringing you by joy? Ooh. Um, well, honestly, talking to you is bringing me a Yay. lot of by joy. Um, and I'm saying that because I feel like a lot of what you're saying, even if I like don't necessarily have the same experience as you, it just like really makes me feel even more by hearing how you view your bias and like, I don't know, it's just like empowering. So I feel like that brings me by joy is to hear other bisexual people embrace their sexuality. Absolutely. I love yes. that. That's so beautiful. Where can people find you? Well, um, you can listen to bisexual behavior on anywhere that you get podcasts, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify are the big ones. Um, I'm on Anchor. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at bisexual behavior and my personal Instagram. I'm not super interesting, but you can follow me at, <laughs> at uh, Talia.Tatiana. I feel like with that Sag Moon, you are very interesting. <laughs> I, I like to have a good time. I uh, like to make jokes when I can. <laughs> adorable well on that note <laughs> thank, thank you. you so much for being on hot by summer bye, bye. Thank you, Charlie. bye. <laughs> <laughs>